You know, I'm going to give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> Stop laughing. And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why Are You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today I'm pleased to introduce to you Patrice O'Neill's Elephant in the Room, one of the, I would put in the top 10 specials of the 2000s for sure. Um, I would say it's inarguable, but so many specials come out now that it's probably difficult to make that list. But uh, Patrice O'Neill's one special, and it came out the year that he died uh, every year. And by every year, I mean the one year we've been doing this. Um, I figure right around now is when we should do a Patrice O'Neill episode because uh, he passed away on November 29th, 2011. And uh, he also invented a holiday around this time, which we'll get to. <laughs> so it's our uh, yearly acknowledgement of uh, the man who, what's the word I'm looking for? The, our, our, the title of this podcast is in honor of something he said, basically. That's true. He uh, he spawned this lovely program. Yes. Uh, and people loved love. I, I would say that's um, uh, and it's a little insulting because we've done so many episodes since. But I would say still people say uh, the best episode of this podcast is the first Patrice episode we did. So hopefully this lives up to that. Um, but I figured we would do today a review of a special elephant in the room. Um, because I think it's up there with any of the other specials we've done, honestly, you know, I mean like delirious is obviously a historic special, but to me, and that this is, you know, part of this is my age and when I was growing up and things, but to me, like this is funnier than that. And it's one of the funniest specials I've ever watched. Honestly, it's great. I wish he did more. I really do. Well, I think he's, maybe he's coming out with one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the guy. Um, so First, I should tell you that if you want to go back and, uh, you know, listen to that Patrice episode that I referenced or any of, the, of our other catalog of episodes, if you want to get the uh, bonus episodes and mini episodes we're going to start doing in 2023, and if you want uh, all sorts of Blind Mike project goodies, then go to blindmike.net. That's where you can find the Patreon, the links to our free podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Support the show however you want. If you want to throw a few dollars behind us, subscribe to the Patreon or check out our merch. And, uh, you know, if you say, hey, I don't like you that much, but I want to support the show, then you can do it for free. Uh, all those play, leave a five-star review and uh, all those fun things. If you would be so kind, blindmike.net is where you can find that. Um, all right. So let's get into it because uh, it's Patrice's one and only special. Although he did put out a lot of stand-up content. He had stuff on HBO and he had albums that came out. Um, so there is more Patrice stand-up out there, but uh, this is his one and only special. And it is, you know, like his, I think he would have put out many more that, you know, rivaled this, but it is his masterpiece in a way because, you know, he waited to shoot a special he did it the year he died, and it's widely regarded as one of the specials that have come, one of the best specials that have come out in this era. So, um, thank God he got it out in time. Jesus, I know shit. Um, yeah, it's not. I don't think it did. It, how long before he died did it get released? 
I want to say less than a year. I thought it came out in 2011 also. Let me check. I think it came out early in 2011 and he died in 2011. In uh, late November of 2011. I'll look it up. For so fun. less than a year. Um, as, and, and that year, like we, you know, we talked about in the first episode we did about Patrice, that it's kind of sad because that year he had a special come out. He does the roast of Charlie Sheen also on Comedy Central. Um, I mean, if you listen to any story about Patrice, I'm sure he would have burnt that Comedy Central bridge pretty quickly. But it seemed like he was, you know, kind of one of their guys uh, or starting to be. And he also was talking to like Marin and Jay Moore on the episodes that we played about like, eh, well, how much is that podcast equipment? Is it easy to get that stuff? Oh, that kills me every time I think you know about I mean? it. He was right on the brink, I think, of really breaking out to where everyone knows his name. You, you know, and maybe now we think of Patrice as a very famous comedian. And when people put out, you know, their top 10 list or whatever, Patrice is always on it. But, you know, prior to his death, that wasn't the case. He was not a very well-known guy. I was surprised to find him promoting Elephant in the Room on Fallon. Um, it was late night with Jimmy Fallon at the time, not the Tonight Show. But he was on Fallon, and I think he described it perfectly. <laughs> where First of all, he just takes over. If you go watch that Fallon appearance, he takes over. Like He walks right out. He's talking to Questlove immediately. I think Fallon might ask him one question, and he just went off for like eight minutes. <laughs> Um, but he says in there, Jimmy's like, so what's the, you know, sell me on the special basically. And he's like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a racist and a sexist, but you know, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's probably a perfect description of Patrice in, in general. <laughs> where, yeah. Like if you listen to a lot of his takes, particularly with women, he's definitely what you would qualify as a sexist, For but sure. even women, as you'll hear pretty early on in the special, there's a weird, like, I don't know, charm he had or, or um, the way he presented his points. You didn't think of it as with any malice or anything. You're like, oh, holy, he's making some solid points. <laughs> I can't find any holes in this argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That was the tough thing. He almost made Anthony Cumia like black people. That's how <laughs> persuasive this yeah. man was. Yeah. So um, it was shot at the Montreal Comedy Festival, which... I don't know if anyone else has really done that. Which is a um, festival audience. Yeah. I mean, like uh, uh, I just, I was at uh, big J Okerson who opened for Patrice a lot, recorded his special at Skankfest, um, which is pretty cool. But Montreal is like a different vibe. And I don't even know that it would be all Patrice fans there necessarily. Well, yeah. Cause basically Skankfest is everyone that that's, would, that's big J's crowd. Right. Yeah. Right. That's his home where this is like a, just a conglomerate. People are coming for all over, all over the world for this thing. Yeah. Like there's probably, huge, there's probably Jeff Dunham fans in his audience right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Andy Kindler fans are at this thing, which you could argue maybe that's how Patrice wanted it. Cause he was known for, you know, kind of liking to walk the room and, and have to having to win people over and shit like that. Um, so it's pretty unique. For sure, I think that it was shot in Montreal. Um, I'd like to know why he chose to do it like that. But again, we can't ask him, unfortunately. We'll never know. So we'll get right into it. And this is amazing. Just the way he starts his special, like it takes a tremendous amount of balls to walk out. This is the first thing he does in his special. The music is still playing, which, by the way, credit to Comedy Central. Comedy Central has fallen off the map uh, the last couple of years. 
Like it's now they just play reruns of The Office and Seinfeld and South Park, basically. Um, but it was a giant at this time. Like having a Comedy spe- Central special at that time was like having a Netflix special now, essentially. Um, but they usually always use the this cheesy music. But the way Patrice's special opens, like it almost makes me think that he produced it himself, like outside of Comedy Central, because it just works for whatever reason. Like they actually hit the nail on the head with the music and everything. Mm. Um, but this is how he comes out and opens his special. I'm thinking one in particular pair of titties in the front row. Thank you so much. Thank you, audience coordinator, for putting those titties up in the front row. God bless you. Those distracted me. I was supposed to come out. Oh, it was. Oh, y'all here? You look lovely, though, by the way. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> congratulations, my friend. Well, I'm glad y'all are here. It's very good. Yo, congratulations to you, my friend. Look at that white woman you're with. God damn. <laughs> I mean, I, it genuinely takes a lot of balls to not get into material, but instead do crowd work and not just crowd work, but say like, Hey, this pair of tits in the front row is beautiful. It's pretty sick. Then bring up race with the white woman you're with. Like, he does everything you're not supposed to do in the first three minutes of a special. He does it right off the bat. Right. But that's exactly what hooks people is exactly what he just did. Yeah. And it's you have to be a guy like Patrice with that kind of confidence. Like, I mean, put it this way. Imagine me doing that, like trying to pull that off. (laughs) It has to fit your personality, you know? Uh, There's a nice pair of bosoms up front. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) ma'am. Hello there, madam. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, just an amazing way to come out. Um, Particularly, like, when I I said, maybe he promoted it enough to where it's his crowd, but I would suspect there's a lot of people that don't necessarily know Patrice. So to not be sure if they're even going to be on your side, first joke out of the gate is pretty ballsy. I don't think, I, I think he went up there and that literally just fell out of his face. Yeah. Like he had no, it was almost, it's like he had no choice. Right. And that is again, to, to touch on Patrice's, um, what a, uh, uh, curmudgeon he was, whatever you want to call it. That's <laughs> probably perfect. A, a surly figure. <laughs> um, that's the issue he had with like, you know, network executives and things like that, where he couldn't not say what was on his mind. Like if they had some cornball idea, he would say, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Ew. You know, <laughs> like it would fall out of his mouth. That's a good way to put it. Right. Uh, the, oh, the other thing I should mention about the special is uh, in that same Fallon appearance, he said uh, he wanted to call the special 800 pound gorilla, but he didn't want to give white people that, like clear. <laughs> He's like, I didn't want to hand you a pun. <laughs> so, um, all right. What's the next, uh, clip we got? Um, this one is, um, missing people. Yeah. So this is amazing. Missing women. 
this was this was ripped off recently. I don't know if you saw on a very public platform. Amy Schumer. Uh, no, no, as a matter of fact, not her. No, it's usually her move. But no one, uh, no one, no one really caught this one. This was ripped off by uh, Joy Reid of MSNBC. <laughs> who, and that's the amazing thing about Patrice is his premises were just like talk news theories 10 years later, <laughs> like legitimate <laughs> serious talking points. <laughs> Patrice had it 10 years prior as just a, a joke, but um, this is him talking about uh, basically, you know, uh, the important society puts on white women versus black women. And we talked about his confidence in the last joke and that uh, uh, continues here. You know the deal. I ain't saying nothing wrong. White woman's life is valuable. What's his name? Yorin uh, Vandersloot? Right? We find out he was a serial killer. Man, he kills women. That's what he do. He do it well. You know what I mean? We know the girl that he, that he you know, supposedly had... Uh, what's the girl in Aruba? Natalie Holloway. Right? But the one, he just killed a girl in Peru. What's her name? Um... Exactly. <laughs> Look how fast you said Natalie. You said Natalie. Natalie Holloway. That angel. Y'all said that like family feud. All right, name a white girl been missing for five years in a room. Natalie Holloway. Survey son. <laughs> Name a Peruvian girl that was killed yesterday. <laughs> what is that big head third world Peruvian bitch's name? <laughs> it has to be Yoris or something goofy. <laughs> so that I think is the joke that was most cited uh, when he died. Um, we talked about this a lot last time too. Opie and Anthony had a, uh, basically essentially an on air, you know, wake for him the next day where a ton of comedians were funneling in and out to talk about Patrice. And the thing I heard most reference was that joke because it spoke to his confidence, just the balls to know that the crowd would know Natalie Holloway. Like that was a big enough story that someone, someone would yell that name out and to know for certain that no one would know what the fuck he was talking about with this <laughs> Peruvian girl. They could all it took was one dork in the audience exactly. to yell. Exactly. One person who keeps up on the news or whatever <laughs> to, to yell that out and the joke is fucked. <laughs> so it takes a tremendous amount of confidence. Like, and that's Patrice had a great read on people. You know what I mean? Like he would know what he was able to break people down again. Uh same way we said about the the sexism thing, like when he would talk about race on Opie and Anthony, like it almost made me hate white people. <laughs> like, Gee, we do worse. We suck. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, that's a fact. You know what I mean? Like he would break it down in a really brilliant way. Mm. Um, oh, so the thing I was referencing too with uh, Joy Reid was like the during the Gabby Petito case. Oh, Joy yeah, Reed that's was, right. Yeah, I remember Reed that. On MSNBC was like, have you ever noticed that we, that, like, we talk about Gabby Petito, but who knows? This woman, a black woman in like this case, and that shows proving her point. I have no idea who the other person was. 
<laughs> I remember the name Gabby Petito. I can't remember the other name. I remember the van being parked on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> but Joy Reid was like, you know, why, why do we know this person and not this person? And, you know, it's a good point. But my first instinct was, you're ripping off Patrice. He had this 10 years ago. My second one would be, you're the news. You tell us. Yeah, you have a show. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was the other thing. Like, hey, just do it. You got an hour. Talk <laughs> yeah, about it. No kidding. But uh, anyways, Patrice always uh, ahead of his time. And that to that point, also, like, you'll hear a lot of people say, you hear a lot with Carlin where people will take these Carlin videos and be like, this would be his take on COVID, or this would be his take on transgender people, or this is would be his take on Trump. And I would put Patrice in the same category that I put Carlin in, where it's like, you have no fucking idea what he would think about that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, people have said, like, when Anthony got fired from Opie and Anthony, people think, oh, like, Patrice would have had his back. Maybe Patrice would have had a wild take where he fucking hated Anthony after that. You know, who knows? I have no idea, but my point is like, he had such a unique mind that it's impossible to be like, Oh, this is what do you think about COVID or Trump or whatever? Right. Exactly. Um, all right. What's next? Uh, talking to white people, talking to white people. All right. It's something he was very good at. <laughs> yeah. I hate how much fun black people can have racially, man. It's just, I can say anything I goddamn want racially and white people have to sit there and take it. You know, <laughs> I am evil, yes. He's like, come on. <laughs> I, I don't even say it because of that. I like, I, I, I love, I, I love a little race. Yes, look, man. You know, let's be fair. I mean, honestly, be nicer with the racial game. I mean, it, 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 I like to talk to you know white people about being honest about uh, Obama. You gave it a shot. You did. <laughs> you gave it a two-year shot. Like, oh yeah, I tried. I tried to. We tried to. <laughs> But you, you're not, it's not, it's just, it fell apart. It really, it really did. And I'm gonna tell you something you don't know about black folks. It, it, we would be on your side, uh, in talking to white people, we would be on your side a lot more if you would, uh, you know, just not ever talk about how you feel about anything racial. We'll catch up to you. Now, serious. Because black people on the edge of going, what the fuck is Obama doing? <laughs> it's too many white people outwardly hating him, so we can't. He goes, you shut the fuck? You shut up? I'll be against them. Like, stop. I'm having rallies and all kinds of stuff. I'm telling you, I'm this close to... I'm mad at him because I thought I would have a white slave by now. I thought... <laughs> I thought it was Vengeance Day. A white family, oh big old fat white girl, go warm my bed up. Get upstairs, Susan. <laughs> Susan, Susan's a great name. So I mean, there's so much there, but it's like, a he saw white guilt at a time where it was certainly prevalent, but like, I mean, he wasn't even on the anywhere close to the p. Like people are now crippled by white guilt. Mm-hmm. So he saw it at a time in, in its infancy and was still calling it out. Susan. And there's such a brilliant point about like the defensiveness of racial topics. I remember I had a buddy, uh, Dean, who uh, was a good friend of mine in high school. Martin. <laughs> why would you? Why? 
Michael. I derail the program like that. <laughs> Friend in high school, Dean. Yeah, it wasn't Dean Martin. As a matter of fact. Worth asking. Anyways. Let's <laughs> uh, not. You know what? What's the next? <laughs> what's the next clip? Sad truth. All right. No, I will make my point. Um, uh, Dean and I, like, anytime we would talk about, like, race or anything like that, he would get... He, or I'm, I shouldn't even say talk about race. Like, he would bring certain things back to race where I was always like, how did you manage to get this way? And it's interesting to hear. I never heard that point before Patrice made it where it's like, well, we're defensive. Like if you didn't hate Obama so much, <laughs> we, we would feel like we could be like, hey, the fuck this guy, but we can't, we have to defend him because he's the one black president, you know? Right. So it's an interesting point. And uh, yes, it's not Dean Martin. <laughs> Hopefully I won't mention any more names. God forbid. It's a good guess. I thought, uh, all right, sad truth. Oh, well, this is um, just a, a sad reality. Like what I said, he's very good at predicting things. You know, yes. he, you could play a lot of clips of Patrice, much like Carlin, where you're like, ah, fuck, that's the reality we live in now. He was basically forecasting that. And sadly, he was able to do that with himself as well. I like I'm, I, look, day, my days are numbered. Ugh, so I creepy. just want to have as much fun as possible. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm 40, and uh, and that's 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 young in everyone else's years, but uh, in black years, I, you know, high blood pressure, <laughs> diabetes. I am. Uh, if you do the black to white life ratio, I'm a hundred <laughs> and seventy-seven year old. I'm old as a motherfucker. I'm old. I mean, like, obviously very funny, but sad. No, he died at 41. So, you know, within a year, basically, of filming this. This came out in February, February 19th, 2011. He died in November. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. He literally, his days were numbered. It was, but, you know, and that's a point Louis made. Um, after he died where he's like, you know, it's a sad day. He's like, I'm also mad at him. Cause it's like, just put down the fucking soda or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, you feel like almost anger because this was avoidable in a way, you know, mm. it's like being that big, loud guy was Patrice's personality. But obviously it was, you know, if he, if he got it together, then we would have had, you know, 20 more years of Patrice or something. Yeah. Bobby Kelly's talked about, about this too, he would have barbecues and shit all the time. And Patrice would come yeah. with hundreds of dollars of Chinese food <laughs> yeah. to a barbecue where they didn't need it. Yeah, and you know that like food is such an interesting addiction because if a guy who has a problem with alcohol shows up with hundreds of dollars of you know whiskey and vodka, you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And you have a serious talk with that guy, but. A fat guy brings food to a barbecue. You're not like, hey, let's sit down and have a conversation. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's a tough thing to be addicted to is food. I can tell you. It's a necessity. Yeah, right. You can't just you can't just cut it out. Um, all right. Let's get back on, you know, a happier trail, hopefully. Um, this is uh, can't change. So I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't remember. So I don't know. We'll find out. 
You're never too young and never too old and never too. Oh, this is. Uh, oh, I was going to say, this is people in general uh, can't change. And that's probably why Patrice didn't make a lot of changes in his life necessarily or the way he was, because he's like, you kind of are what you are. Like later in life, you shouldn't try and change that and become something else. So that's what this is about. You know, but the older you are, the. Just, uh, 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 Shut the fuck, <laughs> the fuck up with your old horse shit. Cause it ain't, you're old. Your brain don't work. Your body don't work. You can't change your ethic. There might be two of you that change your ethic. Like these fat people shows that on TV where they got people, as soon as that show is over, get fat again. Big, fat, fats. Fatty, that's what you are. I went to exercise recently and I tried to change my life and exercise. After I finished, I was saying to myself, I gotta do this tomorrow? <laughs> like nothing changed. I should've got a lump. I don't care what it was. Something should've changed, nothing. And I gotta keep doing this until maybe I see a change. I just can't. I don't have that ethic anymore. I should have did it when I was 18 years old. Like, I can't type. But I didn't realize how important typing was till right now. I fucked up all my good typing years calling people gay. Oh, yeah. Who was going to typing class. It was just like... Me and six other dudes. Like, what you doing? Tell you wanna be a secretary? What the kind of pussy man? So <laughs> they are a very relatable feeling where you're like when you finally do go to the gym and then you're just like, I have to keep like nothing happened. I'm not suddenly skinny. I have to do this every day now. <laughs> and even when you lose weight, like I, I've been I've fluctuated in weight a lot in my life. I've been up and down. And when you lose it and you're at the, your, you know, goal weight or whatever, the weight you want to be, you're like, oh, but I can't just go back to eating what I want now. <laughs> like I have to keep doing this. It's, it seems fucking endless. Mm -hmm. So back to what we were talking about before, that's probably just how Patrice felt about it, where he's like, I'd rather just live, you know, how I am, I guess. Yeah, it's fucking. It's always brutal watching these when when they're dead and they're talking about it. And like, so you're aware. <laughs> I know. Yeah, hey, Patrice seemed very aware, and that is, you know, looking back at this special made me think. Because uh, I remember when we watched the Patrice documentary that came out on Comedy Central, I was like, I think they laid it on a little thick. How much? Like they made it seem essentially like he predicted his death, and I was like, I don't remember Patrice being that ominous a guy talking about like, I'm going to die young. Like Artie Lang has always said, I'm going to die young. And he just won't. And he won't. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember Patrice ever being that guy. Uh, but then like watching this, I was like, ah, hey, you know what? They weren't, maybe they weren't exaggerating that much, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause if it's in his special, you know, he's talking about it in like regular life with his pals at least. Right. All right. Now, hopefully we get out of this goddamn <laughs> gloominess. Yes, we're out of the gloominess. This <laughs> next right. one is uh, spelling. Okay, good. I'm along the... This is very funny, and it's kind of a... I like bits like this, where it's a thing, like, everyone's said in some form. Mm -hmm. But, like, the route he took it 
is very funny. Like I can't spell, if I had to spell restaurant to this day, right? To save my mama's life, like if, if Like if somebody held my mama hostage and had a gun to her head, right? And says, nigga, spell restaurant. You know, like, shoot your mother in the head. I'd be like, I would look at my mother like, uh, I love you. You gotta look at me, mom. She crying. Understand that I, I love you with all my heart. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. R-E-S-T. Oh my God, here's where it gets. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. There's uh, a ooh, there's a ooh, ooh. Resty, stew, Ruant is the. It's an A or U or U. Alright, give me another. Give me another word, man. Give me another word. One more word. Just give my mother a chance to live. Tomorrow. <laughs> Probably God. Banana. Alright, banana. Banana. B A N. So a little uh, Norm McDonald-ish in a way, like when we were talking about Norman Conan, where like everyone has said in some form or fashion, like if you held a gun to my mother's head, I couldn't do this. Yeah, it's an easy, very easy throwaway line. But Patrice essentially took that and made it like a three-minute joke. <laughs> I do. I think that skill also kind of comes from either comes from radio or why he was so good on radio is like the ability to take a topic or even take a, a very minor concept and milk, you know, more than anyone else could out of it. <laughs> Get you seven know? minutes out of. Yeah, out of a throw, what would otherwise be a throwaway line, get get multiple minutes on it, you know. Yeah, uh, um, and that, yeah, like it's tough because Patrice is kind of a guy where I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that say like I love Patrice on the radio, didn't really know his stand up, or maybe weren't necessarily a fan of his stand up, but uh, because it was different than the radio or whatever, like he was so good on radio. But that, and that, which is why it's a shame that that's most of his catalog, because I think if there was more Patrice stand up out there, he would be appreciated for that a lot more than he is, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's keep going. Um, this next one's football. This is this is just a hilarious. He throws little things in here that make me. <laughs> Really fucking giggle. Uh, <laughs> Do they? I can't tell you. You haven't already started. I didn't even play yet. <laughs> There's one thing in here that I love, but this is just talking about like um, how football has changed society in general, but he's using football as the example of things that have changed from like when he was young. I do like saying, I'm like, oh, it's this next Patrice bit. It's called football. And Mike's already like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when we're done, when we play. 
football it's not like the game it when I came up dude football was a glad it was gladiated it was angry it was angry it was just like when we hit somebody when I played if you hit somebody and he didn't get up like we didn't hold hands with the <laughs> with the other team and pray like hold hands and all everyone prays for him to get up we used to do a Indian, like, sell a hump dance circle around, like, man, look at you. Oh, 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 oh. Be like, and our crowd's like, he's paralyzed. That's right. Oh, oh, oh. We be looking for his mother crying, be like, that's right, lady. That's what you get for letting him out here with killers. He can't even wiggle his toes. Take his socks. Take his socks. We would tie his socks around our helmet for the next weeks. Like the next team, they knew, oh, that's the team that be tying paralyzed niggas' socks around their helmets to scare them next week. Take his socks. Uh, yeah, so for anyone wondering, take his socks was the one that really gets me. <laughs> That's take funny. his socks. That's funny. That's right, lady. That's what you get coming out here with killers. <laughs> I I love that. And it's one that I forget about. Like the Natalie Holloway thing I always remember. There's a couple others we play that I always remember. I, I always forget about that football bit. And it might be, be the one that makes me laugh the hardest on this special. Uh, it's very funny. <laughs> um, and it, 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 that mentality, like Patrice was a man's man. Like, you know, I know Carlin talked about the pussification of America. Uh, Patrice really lived by that code, I would say. Definitely. Where, like, he, he hated that sort of... And even in this special, when he's talking about it, he, you can tell he doesn't like it, but he's also accepting that it's changing. He's like, you know, I'm getting older. Like that, that this is just how it was back in the day. Kind of like how Burr, uh, when Bill Burr talks about like music, he's like, I don't want to be the old man. That's like, ah, this in my day, you just sang about the devil and you dressed like a woman. That was music. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to avoid being that yeah, guy. Yeah. And that's kind of how Patrice was here where he's like, that's just how it was. Like we didn't do what you're doing now, but like I, it's just changing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just weird to me. It's perfect. Um. All right. What do we got? This next one is harassment, not not the other one. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna hear a little bit about harassment, and this is the classic again. Burr, Louie. I, I would even go as far as to say Burr, Louie, and Patrice might be the three greatest at this. Uh, presenting you with a topic that, you know, your knee-jerk reaction would be, oh my, that's horrible. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And by the end of it, you're like, you're, you're trying to, you know, pass legislation with him to, to put this into, <laughs> into make it a reality. <laughs> so these are his uh, thoughts on harassment. Like, ladies, let's discuss... Hey, look, let's discuss harassment for a second. Let's just, you feel it a little bit? Like, let's just discuss it. Why can't I harass you? 
sometimes, sometimes. I can never harass you, never. And I'm not talking about, like, I'm talking just. At the job, it's unfair that I can't harass you at the workplace, like. You looking how you looking, and I can't just, a little something that has to do, like you gotta be careful just to say, hey, you look beautiful today. That's how messed up the game is. I think you should be able to comment on any part of the body <laughs> that you see. If you, I'm serious. What's your name? What's your name? Jeannie. Now Jeannie, no disrespect, but if I work with you, I should be able to walk in and go, oh, Jeannie, beautiful uh, titty meat you have there. <laughs> <laughs> and, there's, and this is a, a very long bit that we'll go through. But like, as he's convincing you that you should be able to, he starts by saying, why, ladies, why can't I harass you? Which if you just went up to someone and said that, they'd be like, good God, what are you talking about? <laughs> but like, by the end of this bit, you're like, I get what he means. Yeah, why can't we do that? <laughs> why can't we comment on it? Bullshit. And so uh, they say that Damon Wayans, when he got super famous, would, uh, well, you know, because like uh, we talked about this with Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin said, when you get to a certain level of fame, you it's very difficult to do stand-up because you have no idea how well you're doing. Right. All you have to do is come out and say, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Martin and the crowd's ready to laugh. You know what I mean? Because now they're seeing a legend. Right. So when Damon Wayans got to kind of that level, what he started doing was throwing out premises that would make the crowd hate him. <laughs> like he would start with five minutes. Like he would purposely lose the crowd and then try to win them back because that's how he knew if he was still funny, basically, if he won them back. I've been getting into curb stomping kids recently. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. He would Richard, Richard Ojeda them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Patrice would just do that like conversationally. You know what I mean? And I don't even know if it was intentional where he would throw out these premises that you're like, the fuck does that mean? And then like kind of walk you through it and you're like, oh, wow, you know what? I get what he means. And like I said, Burr and Louie were also very good at that. And those three might be the best at that, you know? Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Especially, I think Burr might be the best. Yeah, I mean, that's what Burr is known for the most, I would say. But then when I was watching this special, I was like, Patrice is pretty goddamn good at it, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think we're... The, the two of them would just probably do this in their off time together. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the crew that Hopi and Anthony had... Like on their, you know, roster, quote unquote. <laughs> if you look back, the regulars on that show, obviously Jim Norton, Patrice O'Neill, Bill Burr, Louis C.K., uh, Jim Jeffries at one point. Yep. Um, like the biggest comedians in the world now. Bobby Kelly, were, DePaulo. Uh, DePaulo is who I was trying to think of. Yeah. The, the, the biggest comedians in the world in the decade after Opie and Anthony were off the air. <laughs> like if they were able to do those virus tours that they did back in the day, 
now they would be massive because of the names they would have had. Exactly. That's exactly exactly right. It's a shame that Anthony has Twitter. Fucked it all up. <laughs> Why did he have Twitter? Um, all right. I believe we're still on the harassment topic, yes? Yeah, it's my favorite chunk of it, actually. Uh, this is right. the grizzly bear. <laughs> this is just it, it, not dissimilar from the football thing where it just makes like yes. silly and very funny. <laughs> Having women work with men, right, is like having a grizzly bear work with salmon. (laughs) (laughs) Dipped in honey, like so. Now you dip the salmon in the honey, right? Grizzly bears, and the salmon get to walk through comfortable with honey and fish and good morning, grizzly bears. (laughs) And the grizzly bears is like, hey. He can't even, he can't even growl, like, ah, what's up, fish? Oh my God, human resources, the grizzly bear just did grizzly bear. So. <laughs> so. The grizzly bear just did grizzly bear stuff. Uh, and again, uh, where I giggled was, good morning, grizzly bears. <laughs> Just thinking of like guys drooling over someone walking through the office is very funny. <laughs> He's also a master of analogies, as you can tell there. Like he was great at putting things into the perfect, uh, you know, situation where you're like, ah, f- now I get it. Now I get what he's talking about. Yeah. All right. So now we, I believe we get to the holiday that we're all here celebrating. Yes. Correct. Um, one of the, one of the reasons we choose this date for our Patrice episodes is because, uh, this very special holiday he created is right around the corner. Like, I think, look, I think this should be a holiday, uh, for lack of a better word, harassment day, but not, that sounds whatever, but I mean a day where I get to find out like, because, and this is why it should be harassment day. Because women get to be inappropriate sexually all the time. You get to be inappropriate. And when I say inappropriate, I mean say hello to me too close. Hi. (laughs) Or some weird massage because you think we're friends and you, good morning, little kiss. And he's just like, oh, oh, boy, oh, boy, 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 boy. And you think in your head, man, I wonder if I could, I wonder if I don't know. <laughs> oh, there's not, there, there wasn't more to that? That was the end of it. What's the next one? Uh, the next one is animals. Oh, well, we should have got, we should have had a little more of that. I apologize. But harassment day is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Yes, that's right. Is what I should have left in there, which is also like, it seems just random, but then it's like, there's probably thought put in that. He was probably like, oh, you get to take the long weekend, you know? (laughs) Well, I think that, I think the thing is, it's like, all right, you do this and then you go on break. So you don't see him for a while. So yeah. And it's very, it's very polite. You go up to the woman with flowers and you say, would you like to, you know, suck my dick in the broom closet? (laughs) No. All right. I'm sorry. I, you know, you got one day a year to do that. Uh, All right. So animals, uh, we're going to hear about next. He really uh, has a, a broad spectrum of topics here. Grizzly bear animals. Yeah. 
somehow it's spread out that uh, black people, we, like, we hate animals. I've never heard that before. Like, we can't stand dogs and cats, and I, I don't get it. That's the news doing that. Because they only show dudes that hate dogs. Like, when the Vic stuff was happening, what do you think of Michael Vick and the dog? They just show, every dude they show is like, mm, dogs, man, fuck dogs. I'll, I'll drown a dog in a bucket right now. We Give me a dog. Where's a, where's a dog at? I'll kill him. I hate dogs. I hate dogs. And then they'll show a white woman, like, tongue kissing a dog in the mouth. <laughs> just to prove white people love dogs. And then they go back to him and he's mad. Like, look at this dirty white bitch tongue kissing the devil. Devil bitch tongue kissing a, a jackal in the mouth. <laughs> devil licking jackals. And then she's like, shit. It's like some weird war. They always want black people and white people to be at war, man, for some reason. How can you hate a, I don't, people who hate animals, like, I, I don't, I'm not gonna go, I hate you, but it's, it'll be hard. It takes away a piece of how close we might be. If you go, I hate animals. Like, somebody look at a baby seal and go, oh, I can't wait to hit this motherfucker in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate baby seals, all cute. The fuck you looking at, baby seal? Like, <laughs> So, this is a skill that Dave Chappelle has lost, in my opinion. Where, like, clearly, if you listen to Patrice on the radio and things like that back in the day, he was very fixated on racial topics. Like, that's where his mind went a lot, even when it seemed like it wasn't necessarily related to race. He would, it felt like he would, you know, be able to tie it back to race somehow. Right. So, it was clearly a topic he was passionate about. And right there in that, joke you hear him say like they're always trying to pin black people against white people which is something he really believed and then when he would point out certain things you'd go oh he's right that well, makes yeah. a lot of sense i think he is right and now they just he, oh he's i mean he's absolutely right they're yeah. just not hiding it as well nowadays <laughs> right yeah so it's something he was right about and obviously very passionate about but he was able to make it a completely silly you know like he talks about a he makes it about animals and he has these other analogies uh, to make it a fun kind of silly topic, even though it's, you know, steeped in an all too real, you know, serious thing. Chappelle used to do that. Like, that's what Killing Them Softly was. Right. And I, I still find Chappelle very funny. And I really enjoy even his newer specials. They're fun and listens. I, yeah. Is the, probably the best I, I way think, to I think there's funny stuff in, in for sure all of them. Um, but a lot of it is very serious. I was going to say, you're not laughing the entire time. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, he's kind of, he's fancied himself, you know, a philosopher the way Carlin was late in his career. And, you know, I, maybe if Patrice had lived longer, that's how he would have been. But at least at this stage, he was still very good at not letting that, you know, anger or hostility, whatever you want to call that emotion. Patrice didn't let it get in the way on stage ever or on the radio either. I would say. Yeah, no, he, he didn't give a fuck about what anyone, he, yeah. he's like, this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he didn't coming. care if you agreed with him. It's almost like Dave Chappelle is trying to like rally people. It feels like a lot yes. where Patrice was just like, here's my opinion. I you know, think whatever you want of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. All right. What's next? Um, this one is relationships, which is I now, mean, the, the man was an expert. We get into like his, he would do, his sweet spot now. Yeah. He would do weekend shows on the Opie and Anthony XM channel. Uh, he would talk about, uh, he did full shows on, on relationships, like give it relationship advice. And uh, I remember Louis saying, and I think Anthony, Anthony said this too, actually. Uh, both Louis and Anthony, I guess, said on ONA that they weren't attracted to black women. And in their minds, it was just like, hey, that's a, that's a preference. And Patrice spent the next hour convincing them that that made them racist. And Louis said that like, he would do it like a lawyer. Like he's like, you know, you'd say to the producer, we're like, uh, Hey, E-Rock, please bring up uh, exhibit a. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be some porn. And Patrice is like, so you're telling me you don't, you don't find this hot. Well then you're, that would mean you're gay <laughs> or you're racist. <laughs> yeah. He, he eventually flipped Anthony. I forget on who, but he ended up getting them on one. Right. So, uh, yeah, he's a, a relationship, you know. And Louie ended up being married to a African-American woman in his television show. In his show, yes. Which was very funny because there was no reason for it. Like, the kids were white. Zero reason. The kids were lily white blonde girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe that was not <laughs> paying respect to Patrice. But point being, uh, he was a, a relationship expert, although... You know, uh, my my um, disclaimer will be a lot of these, uh, you know, ideas probably don't hold up in today's society. <laughs> but uh, these are some of his thoughts on relationships. You didn't do for me what I did for you to feel that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's very simple. So if you just wait for me to love you, then you, you, be all right. you might have to wait a while. <laughs> But men don't have the option to muscle you like you muscle us. You know, you got to either shit or get off the pot. We've been together this many months and it's time for us to discover where like, but men don't say nothing like that to muscle you, man. That's that's, you know, I can't go. Look, we've been going out for a week now. It's 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 uh, it's time for you to roll these panties down because <laughs> it's been too long. I've been buying you drinks, and you got to either shit or get off the pot. <laughs> that, uh, and you know what I was thinking of? Not even necessarily because of this bit, but uh, you know how we say about like Nate Bargatze and Brian Regan and Gaffigan and guys like that, where they work clean, but you don't necessarily know it? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think like, oh, he's saying, you know, gosh, instead of goddamn or something like that. Like, he's, it's not over the top clean. You wouldn't notice it because they're funny enough to get away with that. Um, I think Patrice is kind of the inverse of that, where it's like, he's very filthy. And he talks a lot about a lot of very sexual things. And he uses, you know, explicit language. But I also feel like I could show this special to like my parents and they would laugh. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he is very relatable, even though he's like a filthier guy. Whereas like Jim Norton is truly filthy. Big yes. J. Okerson's truly filthy. Whereas Patrice will talk about, you know, stuff like that. Like, I don't know if we have the clip, I don't think, but he talks about like, like, liking, uh, what the 
I don't know the term for it. He, he likes to be pissed on, I guess. <laughs> Golden but he showers. talks about it in a way where it's like, I wouldn't be that uncomfortable showing someone this who has a, uh, you know, who's faint of heart, you know, <laughs> who specifically likes clean comedy. I feel like it does walk that line cut in a very different way, like Mulaney or Joe List. It's his big smile, man. It disarms. Yeah. It disarms. He's charming. Everyone. He's a charming guy. That was that was part of like his brutality. Like everyone would get like, oh, this guy's nice, and then he'd fucking fillet them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, this next going. one is women's health. Women's health. I'm trying to remember. We'll find out. All right, we'll find out. <laughs> but when your woman love you, man, you feel weird. I try to start arguments with my girl all the time. Just so that she loved me less, cause she just the way she loved me is just too much. I'm like, damn. It ain't it's not necessary. <laughs> but she loves, man. And 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 love for a woman embodies everything. It's like I, 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 I she's concerned about my health. Ain't no man in here ever asked how that woman's health is. Ever. <laughs> Look at that how how long y'all been together, by the way, bro? <laughs> Two years. Have you ever asked her a health question? Never. It ain't happening. <laughs> he never. We don't know when she last time she checked her uh, titties for for lumps. Anybody's man ever asked me to check your titties for fucking lumps? No. So accurate. <laughs> if you take pills, do your man go? Have you taken your pills? No. We don't give a shit. <laughs> Knock your pills off the guy. Move. What's all these pills, you sick bitch? <laughs> you sound like maracas around here. You sick. <laughs> you sound like maracas. Move these pills, you sick bitch. It's like, like as you said too, hundred percent accurate. Like such a relatable feeling, where literally, like, I have to tell my girlfriend like she'll be like oh i noticed you were out of this so i just bought it for you and i was like stop it <laughs> because i can't keep up with that i'm not doing there's no way i'm going to be able to do that if you get married it goes away trust me <laughs> so knock it off <laughs> and that's literally like if we're packing for a trip or whatever alba will be like uh did you bring your uh, meds i don't even know if she's on anything i, can't, I wouldn't even think to remind her <laughs> <laughs> hilariously relatable topic very funny and, and again to his you know originality something you, immediately when we heard it we we're like fuck that's true but you never thought of that before really no, you know? <laughs> no I didn't. that's why it's great i like i mean like i'll still love bits when you're like oh i get i've thought of something similar but then the way you say it is like unbelievably funny it's yeah. the best when you're like that's never crossed my fucking mind once yeah yeah <laughs> but it's a 100 percent true yeah and what I, I think you know what i love about this special and why i put it like among my favorites is because even when i was cutting clips of it i was i've seen it a bunch right but as I was cutting clips, I was laughing. There were things I'd forgotten that I'm laughing at or things that I'm hearing again. that I'm Like, like, like I said, that fucking take his socks gets me every time. <laughs> take his socks. Take his socks. <laughs> All right. Um, diabetes. Again, a little sad, but it, the way he talks about it is uh, very interesting. 
I saw some white chocolate covered Oreos. White Oreos dipped in chocolate, man. I, I, could, it was, I was in, in tears, like, knowing I shouldn't eat it, but I was in pain, like, going, oh, my God. And I'm talking to myself, I can't eat these cookies, man. And they're calling me, and I'm praying to God, and I'm, and I'm lactose intolerant, but, like, if I eat these cookies, I got to drink milk, too. I'm going to go out like a soldier. It's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> then you say all kind of weird stuff to you to rationalize eating them. I'd be like, you know what? I don't need both my feet. I'm not a... I'm not a ballerina. I don't... All I need is one so I can drive my car. <laughs> There's... Uh, I, I mean, the rationalizing is so relatable where you're always like, I'll just get to it tomorrow or whatever. But even like, I used to live right across from a corner... So when I lived in uh, Dorchester in the city... I lived right across from like a, a corner store. Like they had a deli in there. It was a convenience store, a liquor store. They, had, they served a lot of purposes. And uh, I would go in there. I would literally go to buy. My intention was to buy two gallons of water. And I would leave like I would leave with like chips and candy and shit. Always. And you're like, what are you doing? But like you're still. I, so I, rem- I vividly remember standing in line with some horse shit that I shouldn't have been eating. And saying to myself, you shouldn't be eating this, you fat fuck. But not putting it back. Like, I'm just continuing to stand in line and shame myself internally, but, like, do nothing about it. That happens to me once in a while. Like, if I'll be in the grocery store and I'll just see those animal crackers with the frosting on them and the dots. And you're like, oh, those are so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What's now? We're getting to the end here. No? Uh, it's by faster than I expected. We're... Almost three quarters of the way done. Oh, okay. So we got a bunch more. Yeah, we got like seven clips left. Oh, all right. Good. Uh, This one's uh, safe sex. Interesting. Because safe sex is a woman's responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Because men are trying to do it the first second we meet. Look, my protection is just, I do this. (laughs) And I just go, (laughs) just not AIDS, God. (laughs) Please don't let me get sick and die. Again, throwing out a premise that like you hear, you can audibly hear women laughing in the crowd, and he starts it with uh, uh, "safe sex is a woman's responsibility." Yeah. Like it's on you, <laughs> but he does it in a way where you're like, "I get what he means." <laughs> yeah, we have five clips left. My fault. Uh, okay. Next one is called "White Women." Like I said. Uh, he was able to break down not just women in a very um, interesting and articulate way, but he was able to do race as well. So this is a mixture. White women, though, I'm going to tell you why you get killed. And this is a f- I'm from Boston, man. I got a Ph.D. in, in, in white people, man. I grew up around. <laughs> white women, you don't scream at your men. I never seen a white woman really go ah, at your man. What? What? But you do something different. You don't scream, but you you uh, you say 
like really terrible things in his ear so only he can hear it. <laughs> and it starts to like abrade and whittle his spirit uh, down. Like really foul stuff, but nice. Like, you know what? Your mother's breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> When'd you get close enough to my mom? I, I don't have to. It stinks from here. And I'm gonna fuck your friend, Philip. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Byron as soon as you go to work. <laughs> and then, <laughs> this is over years and you just, you just, until all you got left is murder. You just kill her, because you got no more spirit left. The spirit is gone. Serious, man. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck your friend, Philip. And it's also just the idea of taking, like, why does it seem like men kill white women more than any other, you know, gender lining up like that? Taking that topic and creating a thing that I've never been in that situation. Like I've never had a girl threaten me like that, but also like I do absolutely know the tone of voice that he's talking. The tone of voice is spot on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do we got? Uh, Cheating. Cheating. More relationship advice. This is where we really took the end of this special to, uh, you know, kind of stretch his legs and give his expertise here. Yeah. (laughs) Like no guy wants to cheat and hurt his woman, man. That hurts. First of all, think about what cheating is for a second, ladies. Cheating is a man. He sneaks out of his own house to go, like, find some happiness behind your back so your feelings aren't hurt. (laughs) Cheating is for you. It's not... <laughs> it's not for me. We don't want to hurt you. If you give a lie detector test to a man and a woman and ask them the same questions, man, we would pass them both up to a point where it's like, hey, ask a woman, you love your man, you love your family, you love your home, you love what you built. Yep. All right. You see Brad Pitt or Denzel Washington or whatever standing there, would you risk everything you built with your man just to sleep with him? And women, look, they go, nah, I wouldn't. And they still pass the test. They be like, eh, you know, I, I, it's, they look good, but I wouldn't. Ask guys the same thing, you know, boom. Love your woman, the kids, the house. Yeah. Uh, you, you see that girl passed out behind the dumpster? <laughs> Would you risk everything for a passed out woman behind a dumpster? I don't want to, but look at her with garbage on. She looks so cute with garbage on. <laughs> And, you know, I think the problem we have with, like, uh, free speech and political correctness and all that, like, you know, uh, cancel culture, um, is that not everyone is as articulate at getting their point across as Patrice. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Patrice was able to offer up a perspective that most people would probably disagree with. And if you analyze it, 
a lot of people would probably find offensive and be like, that's like a rude thing to say. But Patrice, Patrice was able to present these topics in a manner that he could literally go to another country and make a room full of strangers laugh at it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Cause like you know? these premises and the way he says it, it's so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and so but great. Patrice was the guy in our intro, the guy that says uh, funny jokes and unfunny jo- jokes come out of the same birth as Patrice. And the reason you have to give people some leeway when they say dumb shit that you don't understand is because without that, you don't get guys like Patrice O'Neill who offer up interesting perspectives. You know, a 99% of the people that agree with Patrice that would literally say, Hey bitch, if I cheat on you, it's your fault. (laughs) A lot of those guys are fucking assholes, but you also get people like Patrice who think differently and can actually articulate their points, you know? And that's why you have to allow some of the dumb Horse shit that you don't agree with. Um, this next one is periods. This is a, a, again a fascinating look. It's Patrice with women, kind of at a perspective like um, uh, Bo Burnham is able to talk from kids, like women and kids in particular. But like he did the movie Eighth Grade, where a lot of people said like. I can't believe he wasn't an eighth grade girl because it was essentially like it was coming from that perspective. Patrice was able to do that. I feel like with all people where he was able to talk from their perspective, kind of. <laughs> yes. And I'm just, I'm look. I'm to be fair to women. Um, you know, it's look, God has been very uh, cruel to you being a woman as a creature is I think it's just it's just unfair I, I wouldn't want to be a woman it's just it, I mean like your period like I look I look at that and and see what my woman go through every month like if my nose bled <laughs> every month I think I would kill myself I would be like oh my god man. you gotta stick something in your nose with a string hanging out Gotta take that out, whatever, seven seconds or whatever. And five days before your nose bleed, you know it's gonna bleed, but you don't know when. So you just sitting there like, when is my nose going to start bleeding? Oh my God. And then if your nose don't bleed when it's supposed to, you're like, oh my God. My nose is supposed to be bleeding by now. I'm going to go to the hospital if it's not bleeding soon. And that's why I think Patrice was able to get away with a lot of the shit that he said, where, like, he is, even by a loose definition, probably a sexist. But he also understands women in a way where he can relate to them and they'll be like, Oh, okay. He at least get like his opinion. I might strongly disagree with, but he's at least seems to be informed in what he's talking about. You know, exactly. Um, uh, all right. I, I love watching. I watch the special pro- at least once a year, probably I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and every year I'm like, Oh my God, if he fucking came out with this now, <laughs> 
I wonder how it would be received. Cause like I said, like that dumpster joke would be a problem. It might be, but again, the way Patrice does it, I don't know. And he's not in this special, at least <laughs> he's not talking about trans people. It seems like the one way a black comedian can be a social pariah is if he talks about trans people. The view dude would be like, um, comedian says he should be allowed to harass women. Like that's the fucking it's that's how it would go. I wonder. I I totally agree with your overall point, but I wonder if like a guy like Patrice would be able to get away with it, oh, particularly f- because yeah. he would not give a fuck. He wouldn't <laughs> care at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah. It, well, I was just gonna say we've said it a million times, but it's so disappointing that he's not around for the where in an era where you can do everything on your own. I know. You know what I mean? Patrice could put out his own podcast. He's put put his own specials on YouTube if he wanted to. If he didn't die, if he didn't die, fucking ONA wouldn't have ended. He, we were a few years from Patrice being able to run his career the way he wanted to. Right. You know what I mean? Like the only thing holding Patrice back was his complete disgust and refusal to work with the industry. And now... I mean, Shane Gillis is probably the best example where you can literally be exiled from the industry and have an amazing career instead. So we were a few years away from getting exactly what Patrice wanted, which I think is the real shame of like losing him when we did. Yeah, it's fucking it's terrible. (laughs) But enough Um, enough, uh, nonsense. We got two clips left. This is the last one from the special. Uh, This is the closer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll just end with it. You know, uh, this is, uh, again, why you should check out some of Patrice's other stand-up. I would have sworn to you. I would have lost a lot of money if you bet me. Um, I, I just assume, I thought that the Pepsi, and I've I've listened to this a bunch of times. For some reason, I would have sworn to you that uh, the Pepsi Cola rapist bit was in this special. It is not. It isn't? You know what I'm talking? You don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that's from like one of his CDs or something. It is not in this. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I was surprised. I was, I was like, oh, that must be what he closes with. Cause I kept going through this and not finding it. And eventually I was like, oh, I guess it's not from this. We'll have to do that next year. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll play that for you next time. But, uh, or we might've been the last one. I forget. But regardless, this is the closer of Elephant in the Room. And you really ever laugh at that, ladies, if. You, you just, it's just not fun for you. Nothing's fun. Sex isn't fun. Sex is so much fun for dudes. Because we got a money shot. You don't understand what it's like to see the, the feeling. Like, we both have orgasms. Ugh, ugh. But men have a receipt. Like, we, <laughs> we see it. And it's a payoff. You'd be like, I am satisfied because that's what it is, right? Look at it. You don't think you'd be happier, ladies, if you could just have a, if you could just shoot a couple of eggs in a guy's face, you just right on top of his forehead. You wouldn't be happier? You don't, and you just sit there. And you go, oh, that felt good. Go in the bathroom and wash your face. And you walk in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, wiping his eyes. 
Why are you so aggressive? You like, shut up, faggot, and hurry up, make me a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Call your friends on the phone. I just egged on the top of his head. Don't tell your friends our business. Shut up, she already knows I egg on the top of your head already. Hey, I gotta go, man. Y'all take care of yourself. <laughs> Such a such a funny thing. I I feel like that special is like the, to me the standout bits and the things I you know quote most often are from the first half of that special. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's the best stand up writing. And then it seems like the second half is obviously it's written, but it feels like him getting shit off his chest, <laughs> just like shit he's interested in and wanted to talk about, which is you know relationships and women and things like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so it's fine. It's it, it, if you go back and watch it, it's almost like it's set up that way, where he has like these really uh, kind of unique premises and shit in the beginning, and the, it's a lot looser towards the end. Um, but yeah, like I said, one of the best specials uh, of all time, in my opinion. Um, let us know. You know, post a tweet at us or post uh, on the Patreon, whatever. Um, let us know what your favorite specials are. What what competes with this? Would you say is it the top of the list? Is it the greatest ever, or uh, what's ahead of it in your mind? Because um, it's definitely one of my favorites. So uh, until next year, we put Patrice back to rest again. Uh, everyone, everyone, go out and celebrate Harassment Day this week. Uh, happy Harassment Day to all of you. Rest in peace, Patrice. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Um, are we playing off with this last clip? That's what we'll end with, yeah. Mm. But um, before that, before you hear that, uh, I'll just say blindmike.net. That's where you can go for this program. All the free links are there. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Leave us a five-star review. Do all the things you do to support podcasts and shows you like. Uh, and if you'd like to, you know, back a little... Throw, throw a few little green behind the boys, then subscribe to the Patreon. Uh, all of that can be done at blindmike.net. I appreciate, uh, it seems like we got some new people on board on the Patreon, so I appreciate that. Keep it coming. Um, and you can also find Craig's stuff at verygoodshow.org. Yeah, listen to the podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, there's a Patreon there too. Uh, it's a fun time. Yeah, so check all of that out, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. On why are you laughing? Rest in peace, Patrice. It's gonna be Patrice O'Neill warning. Man, this is all smoking. Man, you know I've been enjoying things that kings and queens will never have. In fact, kings and queens can never get.
look at here. I did not say I was a millionaire. But I said I've had spent more money than a millionaire. Because if I had kept all my money that God already spent, I would have been a millionaire a long time ago. And women, ooh, women. Oh, yeah. That's, that's Harlem Wolves. You gotta listen to Harlem Wolves, though, man. That's it.